evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages. It's been, every age <laughs> of every age. It's been every age. Quite a while since we've last spoken to you, or was it like a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Time really doesn't exist anymore for me. But anyway, we're so glad you joined us, and we just want to welcome you back to the Low High Podcast. I am Sella, and I am Marcello. And joining us today is a very special guest. My housemate, who agreed to do this, probably just because he lives with me, but but whatever. Say hi to the people. Hi guys. This is Caesar. Caesar, please tell them a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Caesar. I'm an international student at Marist from Romania. I'm currently 23 years old, and I study political science and criminal justice. And I live in the same house with you. Well, you know that's good to know. So. <laughs> So everybody wants to know, probably, like the 16 people who are still listening to this podcast, why are we here today? Oh, we're here because uh, we live in a society. We live in a society. And uh, yeah, we, we just wanted to talk about that. Um, actually, kind of good timing. I mean, bad timing <laughs> because of the crazy shit that happened in Brooklyn. I don't know if anyone like you guys know about that, right? How about the entry, right? Yeah. No, that's crazy as hell, bro. Like, whenever I'm on the New York subway, I see at least like five cops. So it's just insane to me yeah. that some dude just hopped up on the entry entrance and just started letting it fly, and like nobody, nobody caught it, nobody saw this man. Dude, it's wild. What's yeah? It's really crazy. What's even crazier though is like it honestly doesn't like it's a huge deal. Like I work in the city every day, but it's like not. It doesn't like it hasn't stopped anything. Like it's not like. So it's just like we live in a society where like that's not even like. See, I think New York is like a special case though, because New Yorkers are just like experts at minding their business. <laughs> yeah. There, the last time me and Caesar went into New York City, within like five minutes of being there, we saw a crackhead. We saw someone getting <laughs> taken into taken on a stretcher into an ambulance, and we saw somebody selling drugs on the street. And everybody, and yeah. this was this was all in crowded areas, and all the people were just moving around and minding their business. And very much yeah. everybody next next to each other, which was pretty crazy. And everything was happening at the exact same time. But I guess that so something with society today is just like the problem of not of ignoring the normal, but we generalize everything as too normal right now. True. Like there's so much stuff like. Okay, this was something I kind of wanted to talk about. You guys know about like I feel like this might just be like a uniquely American thing, but like scam calls, like the <laughs> the fact that like literally at any point during the day, twenty four seven, somebody can just randomly call you and attempt to scam you out of all your money, and people no just safe from those. people just think that it's completely normal. That's insane to me. And the thing is, like, I feel like people don't really, like, care about it because it's mostly, like, older people who, like, fall for these scams and stuff like that. But, bro, conceptually, it's still insane that we just have to live with it. It's just a part of life now. I'm actually amazed that people fall for, like, even if you're older, like, why are you still falling for that? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if you don't own a car, your car insurance cannot possibly be <laughs> a problem. <laughs> Oh no, the car insurance on the car that I do not have, gotta call my <laughs> bank immediately. I guess these people that have been calling me in the past three years about my car insurance could not wait for me to get the car. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, they're, you know, they're doing a preemptive strike. They just want you to be ready for the responsibility of having a car. Yeah, exactly. So they're actually doing you a favor. <laughs> of 
course, of course, of course. Nah. Yeah. Scam calls are mad annoying and super normal. What else is like really normal? But like super annoying that like it shouldn't be normal. Crackheads everywhere in the city. Have we have to we have to go back to that one? (laughs) Right. I think I saw every actually every time I'm going to the city, I, I think I uh, I think that I saw already all the types of crackheads in this world. <laughs> every time I go, I prove that statement false. <laughs> I see like I, I see people dancing on the street. I see people eating on the street. I see people fucking on the street. I see people jacking over on the street. But the mo uh, but I think like the craziest part is that. You would see, you would see them doing the weirdest, like I don't know, kissing a tree or like pet or like petting the grass or like talking to I don't know the petals. If you want to yeah. see a crackhead in New York, like one hundred, if you want like a one hundred percent approved crackhead sighting destination, you should go to Penn Station. Every time yeah. I go to Penn Station, I see at least one crackhead, and they're always doing something truly incredible. I, the last time I was in Penn Station, I was coming back from a trip back home to come back to school. And there was this, and I was trying to go to the bathroom, right? And like, I'm on my way into the bathroom. I see some dude, he walks out of there. He goes right to security. He's like, hey, yo, you better go stop that dude in the bathroom. And I'm like, hey, yo, what do you mean? So I walk into the bathroom and I see this dude clearly incredibly high. He's like, in the fetal position on the ground in front of a urinal and he's like speaking in tongues and he's like oh yeah and i'm like man i'm just really trying to pee and i see like four dudes like literally walk in succession like three inches away from this guy just like pee and then walk away like that like he wasn't just absolutely freaking out beside them and yeah, it's it's crazy that it's crazy that we see these things as normal because I I think they shouldn't be normal. Like just seeing a person that is intoxicated in the bathroom, almost dying, talking time tongues to you. Uh, I don't think that should be normal. But we normalize that. And the thing is, when would we stop normalizing this diseases and problems? <laughs> see, I don't know. I feel like society collectively, we've already passed the point where we should have stopped. So now we're just gonna keep going and see how long we can go, because like we have to, we have to think about like even like with hospitals, right? Like in America, like bro, healthcare here is insane. Like you know what an itemized bill is? Yes, yeah. <laughs> bro. So like for people who don't know what an itemized bill is, basically when you go to a hospital and you receive medical care, normally they just give you one overarching charge for everything you did at the hospital, which usually turns out to be insanely large. If you were to ask for an itemized bill, you would be able to see each individual thing that they're charging for. And most of the time, half of the things on those bills are just like insane because sometimes they'll charge you like $50 for like a scalpel used during a surgery. And you're like, okay, like, can I take the scalpel home, bro? Like what is going on here? Yeah. It's mad when people like seriously say like, "Do not call an ambulance. Like, just drive me there, <laughs> bro." Like I've known, like there's, I've known too many people who are like, "Nah, man, don't call an ambulance. Just let let me hop in an Uber." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro. Uber is another thing that's kind of crazy because I feel like initially Uber was a good idea, right? Because it was like because taxis were costing too much, but now Uber is costing more than taxis. 
And now they have like a surcharge for gas because like gas prices are going crazy right now. And like, I kind of understand, but at the same time, am I really trying to be paying for since here? I guess that the most important part with this society is that well, we started losing meaning. Like for example, Uber. Uber was a ride-sharing application. However, it started losing its meaning until it lost it completely. Like, how can how can a, a ride that I'm sharing it with somebody be more expensive than a ride that I simply paid or paid for privately? And I guess that the problem is we live in a society is meaning. Meaning. Finding meaning. See, what do you mean when you say you we've lost our meaning? Can you elaborate on that? Well, it's not that we lost we lost our meaning in terms of like of the meaning of constant things such as like water freezes at zero degrees. We didn't lose the meaning of that, but I think we lost the meaning in the sense of the intrinsic value of some actions or some things. For example. I don't know if you if you guys remember uh, when you would be uh, when you would be young and your mom would give you a chocolate for for Easter or for Christmas because that's the only time she would give you sugar and you would have a blast. Yeah. Now I eat a chocolate like a motherfucker, day <laughs> and I don't find it that good. Like it's, it's not amazing. It's yeah. not amazing, and that's the meaning that society actually makes us makes us lose. Is the meaning is the fact that it makes us. I guess the way it is designed with this uh, consumerism view, it just makes us enjoy the same thing and repeat it again and again and again and again until we lose its meaning and until we're addicted and dragged into it, into it and it gets into a vicious cycle in which we have to do it. For example, drugs. Or for example, just eating junk food. So that's what I mean. No, I understand. You're saying that stuff has kind of, like because humans like collectively stuff has become a little bit too comfortable for like the larger amount of people and we can indulge ourselves. Stuff has started like losing its meaning. Yeah, no, I kind of understand that. But that's also like self-control, right? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, it, it's hard because it's always being pushed down like our throats and, and stuff like that. But um I don't know. It, it's tough because we have so much of everything of it. Like, dude, yeah. I'm sure you guys know grocery stores here. That's OD as fuck. Oh, absolutely. Like, you do not need all that shit at all. Like, bro, you got stuff for washing your vegetables, stuff for washing your vegetables after you wash your vegetables. Like, half of the things I see in the <laughs> grocery, in like most like chain stores or supermarkets, I don't even know what they're for. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, like, the as seen on TV section in one of these, like, shitty places, like Rite Aid or, like, a Walgreens or something? And it's stuff that, like, there's no idea, like, there's no reason for it to exist, but it's just there. Like, I remember, like, a pair of, I remember seeing a pair of sunglasses that had, like, these two little flashlights attached to them so you could see in the dark. And I'm like, but why couldn't you just buy a flashlight? Right. Well, it is this it is this thing you good that you mentioned reason or for reason is this thing that um, hermeneutics influences reason a lot and hermeneutics has a lot to do with meaning and what the word means. For example, we have this um, we have this uh, political uh, scientist, this uh, legal scientist, I would rather say, uh, Sebak. I hope it, I pronounce it correctly. Sebuk Seb Sebak, something like that. And uh, he says uh, he says that uh, in 
law per se, the principle should be synthesized before applied, applied to its case. And that principle is synthesized through the meaning of our language because, and, and he says, this is why we then have to interpret it because language would be insufficient to encapsulate the whole, the whole meaning and the whole scope of the principle. And this is uh, what happens with reason. How do you, how would you want to reason when you lost meaning and when you, the hermeneutics are uh, are evolving so fast today, you lose mean, meaning of even of the word refraining. Therefore, you cannot reason anymore. You know. That's pretty. That's pretty deep. I can't lie. Indeed, but like the whole thing about reason, like you thought, like do you mean like reason in terms of like reason to live or like you know reason to like reason per reasoning? Oh, like you mean general. like reason? Oh, like just like common like sense reasoning kind of stuff. Exactly. See, I feel like everybody wants everything to be up to interpretation nowadays, which I think is part of the problem. Because like, especially I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> and like a lot of Twitter is somebody just making a well-articulated statement and then somebody else just completely misinterpreted and saying like, oh, you mean this. And I feel like, I feel like I've said this before, but like in terms of opinions, I feel like because we can indulge ourselves so much, people have started, have come to think that their opinions matter way more than they do. And I'm not saying that people's opinions don't matter, right? But I'm just saying that like, bro, if some if somebody says something and like it wasn't complete, it wasn't directed towards you at all, and it makes you feel a certain type of way, and then you proceed to make it about yourself, like, you, you kind of like shot yourself in the foot. Like you kind of just like started the whole situation. And I feel like we're seeing like more and more of that. And I don't think it's like an entitlement thing. I feel like a lot of people say a lot of bullshit. And like we've seen this kind of like recent trend over the past few years of a lot of people getting called out. And I don't know, people see that as sort of like progress for society. So I feel like people keep trying to do the, keep trying to like call people out over and over and over in like a misguided attempt to like say that you're making the world a better place but like you're kind of just being petty so like you really can't tell like when the line between like you just trying to like you know expose you just trying to like expose somebody for no reason and you trying to um what's the word trying to just like improve society by taking out like a bad element or whatever that's a tough one i feel like because because like I don't know. I'm kind of for like the, I mean, it's, it can be really annoying. I know everyone takes every, like a lot of things super literally, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It's tough. I teeter totter on it because some things I'm like, yeah, converse about that. That's good. But other times I'm like, man, it's like, we really don't need to talk about like why the new Pringles can is like racist. There's like actual racism happening or wait, what stuff like that. Do people like anything though like they'll angle it in some way and it's always interesting to hear everyone's opinion but at the same time it's like that's not we can't do that like and move forward and function well when we're talking about we were talking also about refrain when we're talking about refrain in uh, in this kind of situation you cannot really like achieve this empathy that you guys are uh, presupposing in your arguments like we we lost we lost reason by losing reason we lost ourselves because reason is what for example in descartes granted our own existence and shaped our like shaped our like rationality over it so um i'm referring to uh, i think before am but um i think therefore am yes 
and I and the fact that we're losing se uh, uh, this cell refrain actually goes into this uh, this cycle that you guys were pointing were pointing at. So, do you think it's like a part of societal development, or like is it just like a is just like was it like a mistake in human development? Like, at what point did we like lose? What what point did we lose the plot? Uh, I guess we lost the plot in the in the moment we started we started we started growing ourselves in into our own eyes without without actually taking the real image of others. I think that's when we went wrong. Oh, so people started focusing on like our own personal good, so collective. Yeah. No, okay, so it's interesting that you bring that up because in the early 2000s, a lot of like psycholo like a lot of psychologists, there's like this big movement towards like, you know, self-understanding and that it would make, you know, like the, if the more you understood yourself, like the better you would feel. And the whole mm -hmm. thing is that this was like this really big movement for a little bit, but it didn't really work. People were feeling overall like a little bit more and more miserable. And an experiment was conducted a couple of years ago in different people, using different people from multiple countries. There was America, uh, Europe, uh, England, Japan, Ireland, some other things. And basically the experiment was they were, to, each person was told to go and do something that makes, that made them happy. And like the larger percentage of people expressed happiness by going to help others. But the people who did who decided to be happy by doing things for themselves ended up less happy overall. So I feel like this phenomenon is like kind of explainable. But like, how are you supposed to convince people that like doing stuff for others is like the best thing for yourself? Also, hmm. I feel like, but that's tough because that's just like how I think normally. Like I'm, I, I do believe that like you put out, like I'm, I really just believe in karma hugely. And I think it's like, if you put out good or you put out bad, like it's gonna come back to you. And I think that's also just because like technically everything in this world is a domino effect. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But like, yeah, because like people forget that we actually live in a community and that we have impact on other people's lives and other people have impact on our lives. So like the more good you put into it the more good that's gonna be like circulating through it and then the higher your chance of getting good out of it will be that would be ideally however like i don't really think that what is good for society is good is good for you what is good for you is good for society you know because at that point in order to convince somebody that what's good for society is good for him it needs to be a consensus and that that doesn't really exist in all times it needs to be in like multi multilateral ambivalent consensus and but it's it's just it impacts it impacts too much that we either isolate either destroy ourselves you know and yeah it's it's really hard to tell somebody that what's good for society is good it's good for them and it might be false sometimes true like collect i feel like collective agreement has always been a very difficult thing thing for humans to do that's why i feel like a lot of politics is like generalization towards like certain topics that people like in general feel strongly about 
but people don't take stances that are too strong. It's just like, oh yeah, I agree with this or I disagree with this, but they don't really elaborate on that. And that's kind of how they sway people. Because I remember I was watching like a Cat Williams show and he was talking about how the government, he, how he understands, he understands politics because the government are all just pimps. That basically what they do is like they, they treat society how they how pimps treat like the girls who work for them that they just tell them something they tell them to go do something and it will make everything better but they give them no explanation and like he brought up like during like the, the iraq war if anybody in the united states knew what like an iraqi uniform looked like like nah bro like they were just showing like dudes in t-shirts and like chelsea like chelsea uniforms getting gunned down by soldiers and like everybody was kind of just like okay yeah because they could just like kind of label things how they wanted because they didn't say Iraqis, they said like insurgents. Today we killed 12 insurgents. And like when people, and they can use like labels and stuff like that to kind of to like generalize the entire population of that place. So people are like, okay, yeah, insurgents, those are bad. So it just kind of becomes an out of sight, out of mind. Well, yeah, but imagine what if they would have done something else and say Iraqi, uh, Iraqis, like you would have put the whole country under the scope of that label, and you would have you would have then uh, fa uh, be facing a large amount of racism and a large amount of prejudice for a simple like let's say sticker or label. Okay, but the thing is that like a lot of people, even without like the labels, do experience like a lot of prejudice like anywhere. Like post 9-11 America, like everybody of like Arabic descent had to like switch up how they were living because people were suddenly so much more afraid and like angry at them, you know? And I feel like the use of labels to like avoid like the fallout of something that's gonna inevitably happen doesn't really make sense. What do you mean, like something that's going to inevitably happen? Like, I feel like in a lot, for like in a lot of situations, that like like big situations, like let's say a, like a war, for example, usually racial te racial tension almost always follows. Like, remember in the Second World War, after Japan attacked America, America rounded up every vaguely Asian person and put them in internment camps. And the thing is, like they were caught, and they used the, and that is a situation where they're like, oh yeah the Japanese, but even though it was specifically the Japanese, non-Japanese people were still affected by it, even though they like lived in the entire like, United States their whole lives and weren't even from Japan. Mm -hmm. that, that is true in uh, the fact that uh, one causes another is again completely true. I just remembered something that my grandpa used to say all the time is that the tone sets the mood, which basically means that if you're trying to when you're aggressive you then you're going to be responded with aggressiveness when you're going to when you're prejudicious you're going to be responded with prejudice and that's what happened in all those instances right now yeah. you're saying that like society is like inherently prejudiced no it's just saying i'm just saying that it society society mirrors each other's actions to some degree and it's rather that than let's say original intent and that still has to do with the fact that we we started we strive to find meaning <laughs> i don't even remember who said it he was like every man lives a life of quiet desperation and like i don't know 
Do you do you think that people do you guys think that people are like desperate to find meaning for their lives? Um I can't tell because I feel like it's either you're super driven to find it or you've just given up. And like I think there's like one of the two. I think that people of success must. And I think that people uh, that people that are driven must strive that for that constant be- meaning that and you know you might even never discover it is like the idea of the truth or the the idea of uh, the idea of purification of like cleansing you you might never get it but just dying with the idea that you want to get it should actually be enough for you to like make a positive change in this society oh no i understand like i feel but the things like i feel like every a lot of people are waiting for that moment i feel like okay i definitely feel like movies have ruined it for like a lot of us because we all grow up on like on watching stuff on tv or like you know some people they read books growing up maybe they're the people who will be successful in life who knows but i feel like a lot of stereotypes have like made people think that okay there's just gonna be this moment where I figure out like what I'm gonna do, like who I'm gonna be, like there's gonna be like this dramatic transformation. And I feel like people don't really, I feel like it doesn't really work like that. People think of life as a movie more than like a TV show, which is like, life is like one, life is kind of like a C, it's kind of like a CW show. It starts out kind of good and then it lasts way too long, costs way too much money and gets <laughs> <laughs> But like you know, shout out to CW though. Like they're probably money laundering because there's no reason your show should have that many seasons. But still, like big respect. Big respect. If you can make it happen. <laughs> nah, but like I really don't think that. Like, all right. So do you think that this version of society that we live in, do you think it can be improved upon, or this is as good as it gets? I think if everyone stopped being a huge dick, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> Remember, we had the low high podcast. Always say, "Don't be a dick." Don't be a dick. But um, I feel like it's definitely gonna get better, though. Like, serious answer. What do you guys think? I hope it's gonna get better. I mean, if we start with the idea that it's not gonna get better, uh, we should just—I don't know—stay in our house and get drunk every day because then we have no more drive and no more. I guess no more reason to live. It's just like it's gonna get okay. It's gonna be the same. Okay, let's die. <laughs> True. Like I feel like just because like I feel like there is enough meaning in like life and just like by just being alive. But the problem is that there's so much stuff that we just have to deal with that we're kind of forced to like find meaning in our lives. Because I feel like it's just like part of the human condition. And when you have like society, which is like a large organism made up of all these people trying to find meanings in their lives, or trying to deal with everything that, you know, life brings us with you. I feel like it's, it like connect, it obviously makes a disconnect. Like there's this word called Sonder. I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but it's ba- Sonder is basically the realization of like when somebody's in a large public place and they realize that everybody around them is leading lives equally as complicated as they are. And like a lot of people like don't respond to that emotion with like a hmm. Like some people really like that really changes their perspective on stuff. And I feel like that's kind of crazy to think about. But this is something that is kind of happening. That people are just kind of waking up and realizing that, oh my God, people are people. 
And I don't know if that's like a symptom of society or stuff. It's like always been that way. So it's it's actually really interesting when you look at, well, like I real quick. So like, it's interesting you said that, right? Like the whole idea of like, is there actual meaning in life or not? Because there's like two ways to look at it, I think, right? Like one, it, it's, it could have just been an accident, right? Like, cause that's just how things happen. It's literally the domino effect. Like all these interactions lead to interactions and it leads to events. And then somehow somebody's there and you know, like a, a child's being born. And then the other part that's really crazy is that like, dude, it is almost like it is a statistical miracle for anybody to actually be born. Cause one for like sperm and eggs to actually like come together and be chill with that. That's almost impossible. <laughs> and then for like the baby to make it out alive and like live past it's like months which has gotten a lot easier now but like that's also insane so it's almost like there has to be some kind of reason for it so it's either a super like existential joke or it's like we're all actually here for a reason and i think you can decide see you get to pick which one you choose see he brought up like babies being born or like humans like existing for this long and look he if you like look back at history that's a really good point because like I, humankind collectively, the fact that we've made it this long is a little bit amazing. Surprising. Because like, bro, like, like most of the like incredible like life-saving stuff we have came like in the past like couple decades, like maybe the past century or so. Bro, before that, people were really just raw dogging existence, bro. No Wi-Fi, no Google, no microwaves. Like if you wanted to eat. You had to get out there and like kill something to eat it or you had to farm for it. Why not? Yeah, life was simpler. Also, there's the hypothesis of the non, like for example, let's say we were just created here and uh, we would uh, just be around, like why wouldn't we be for the better for the time being here? If it was like a super joke, like let's say we can just be here and strive for the better and you know maybe just make ourselves a purpose of out of it and give it ourselves meaning and we've been pretty good at that um also like we have to deal with it i guess and we we've been also pretty good at accepting that in the past right now i cannot deal in the cold I cannot deal with the cold but in the past i i might have if i if i existed like maybe two uh 2000 years ago maybe i would do that but uh you know it's it's a thing that an orthodox monk arsenia bokov sometimes said is that all bad towards the good so it might it might have just been like a learning experience for us and maybe even me oh man maybe because humans human society we have continuously grown and we've evolved like we have made life better. We've made life more comfortable. We've made life more tolerable. But the thing is not, it's not tolerable for everyone. And the thing is that life has never always been tolerable about it for everyone. So the thing is that should we strive to just make things good for everyone or let's like keep going the same way where we make it better for a couple of people? Wait, what's the, there's a philosophy. There's that idea. Oh, I'm forgetting what it's called. It's like the idea that like you should do um what is what is best you should do what's best for like the most amount of people utilitarianism utilitarianism. yeah yeah utilitarianism there's this idea it's not called like anti-utilitarianism or like the it's the opposite of that though and it's the idea that like we should do what's the least shitty for the most amount of people 
so like that idea like that whole philosophy came from like okay well if like a majority of people will benefit from this but it causes like great suffering you know to to other people like other people shouldn't have to suffer just to make the those people happier it's like we should just everyone should just be like kind of prioritized and like we should make decisions that are best for everybody even though they're not great for everyone like it's like we should just try to minimize the damage or the sacrifice that has to be done and again it matters like what kind of presuppositions you assume when you when you begin that whole judgment because you can you can either uh, uh, assume that uh, we, we are uh, inherently good and then we we must do all the good for everybody or we have you have to assume that everybody is inherently null which basically means just do the least for the most of or least painful for the most amount of people which basically defines you as what what you want to do as like we want to do something that impacts the others least or you want to do something that impacts you the most because that's that's a like different concept that you have to start with absolutely no i think you're right because like everybody individually we do weigh out the things that benefit us probably first i'm not gonna say everybody like puts themselves first there's some people who definitely like put others first but like i just feel like maybe in generalization people who are just like living day to day and stuff you gotta think about what's benefiting them first Oh, definitely. But the thing is, like, the disconnect with stuff like this is that the people who are making the big decisions in people's lives in general, they're not, like, living day to day. That's true. You know, like, I don't... That really, it, like, doesn't make sense to me, like, how small groups of people can possibly make decisions for everybody because, like if you're in that position you can't possibly be living in like the real world you're just living like running late to a meeting to another meeting to another meeting to like lunch to another meeting to another like that's how it is like like that's not what everyone that's not reality like i feel like there shouldn't be a disconnect between people and no person who just like wakes up every day and decides how all their lives are gonna be. i don't know I got a, I actually got a quick question. It's, it's a bit of a topic changer, but I'm, I'm like curious. So you're both not from America. Yeah. And I'm like, no offense, just kidding. <laughs> Obviously there's no offense there. Um, so like coming to America, um, I know you, I think you both came like around college, maybe a little bit before. Um, what was like the biggest culture shock you experienced? Can I ask that? Is that no, that's good. Caesar, you can go first. I, I, I will say, for me, the biggest culture shock was simply, like, the hookup culture and the purposeful for that. Like, I was perplexed. Like, you just go in the bar and you hook up with, like, six, seven people. And you end up not doing anything with anybody. Or if you do, it's just like, yeah, okay. But, like, most of the times, people don't do anything with anybody. And I just find it so, like, grotesque and carnal that you just want to, like, make out, which is, like also like very dirty to me if you say and think about it like oh <laughs> like i've never really been down with like conceptually just like making out with strangers like i've always felt that that was some really weird shit because like bro you really don't know where this person's mouth has been yeah i remember there was a semester i got mono twice from the dining hall oh yeah um, like it'd be like it really be nasty out here bro 
No, but it's strange, right? Because like, think about it. Would you just walk down the street and just like, you know, like one out of ten, you have to kiss? Like, you're not going to do that. Definitely not. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Super strange. It's, you know, what's even weirder is you share that intimate moment and then you never talk to them or see them. Like, maybe you don't yeah, know yeah. And I don't know. Does it feel good when you're drunk? Like, is it is it like a like a you know a special thing when you're drunk? I don't really think so. I think you're. I don't know. It's just the euphoria of it. I, I guess. I think, I think we can all agree. Like one of the like things that feel great when you're drunk is like pizza. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and cigarettes. Like <laughs> those those essentials, bro. But I don't know. When I'm drunk, I don't really like. I'm not in the mood to do stuff. I'm just like doing what I'm doing in the moment, and I'm drunk while I'm doing that. That like enhances the experience. Like, did every, like, I don't know if you guys have heard the whole idea of, like, adult activities or just kids' activities with alcohol. Oh, yeah. I'm for that. I, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> You're not ready for the crushing realization? I, I, yeah. I found out the other day that Fred Flintstone was a, was a series for adults, and I was pretty shocked. What? Yeah, the Flintstones? The Flintstones, yeah. Uh, and I saw parts of some episodes that they put, like, in a collage, and it was some, yeah, something else. Oh, man. Fred talking about third heads and stuff like that. Yo. Yeah. Nah. Like, all the, like old cartoons were definitely, like, way too adult for us to be watching them. Because I remember there was so much stuff like, okay, we were watching <laughs> the old X-Men show from the 90s. And like, that's back in, that was back before the technology we had now where everything was fancy, even though it still takes a billion years. So everything was like a hand-drawn animation. And we would talk about the way that they'd like draw like female characters in the show. And it's like, okay. So respectfully, why are you making them so thick? <laughs> Dude, yeah, and what's up with like the dudes? Like, bro, everybody, everybody in those shows was just absolutely like caked up. I feel like it was just to sell the action figures. That's why they, why, why they drew them so good. But like, man, it was crazy as hell how they would be act, how like they'd be looking at some of these shows. I remember like the Red and Stimpy show. That was just like that was just very strange. Like I vaguely remember watching it, watching the show. But whenever I see like a clip of it, I'm like, nah, my parents couldn't have really watch this. <laughs> but yeah, what was something that complexity in here? Damn, that's like it's so like a lot of stuff was kind of a shock for me. I felt okay. I feel like party culture here was kind of like weird for me. Bad, right? Bad. Bad. You used to party till 6 a.m., right? Yeah, and like people would go, and people would be like, bro, it's like, oh, it's 2 a.m., let's like go. And like, there's no, there's never any like snacks at the parties. It's literally just all Bud Light all the time. And I'm like, bro, why? <laughs> Wait, so you're, that was like not good. You're saying that's not That's not good. <laughs> like, bro, like, I don't have a problem. Okay, like, personally, I have less of a problem with Bud Light now than I did before. But, bro, I used to see Bud Light every party i went to for like three years straight and i just like bro i don't want to drink this it's bad but then what so are the no no okay the no snacks one gets me i'm sorry i'm like that's cool yeah no. i wish there were snacks at parties yeah bro i feel like be eating while you drink is an important thing it's the thing like i feel like americans have like lost out on that and i don't understand why like it should be like a simple concept 
like you grill while you drink and then you drink while you eat and then you drink again because you just ate and it's 5 a.m and you're you're saying stories that i don't know are really weird and, and you're really growing weird. and you're bonding and you're learning from one another see i never really like left my house when i was in high school though like i went to a couple of parties but the thing is that like bro this i feel like the standards for like parties in nigeria in general are just like really high because oh there's always like a live dj and there's like always hella yeah. food and drinks and stuff and like you come open bar open bar and like you come here and it's just some dude's apartment in fox room with like a handful of drinks on the table oh my god that was <laughs> such a shock i swear <laughs> bro like i remember dude, like fox run parties were always like they were always a massive hit or a massive miss and most of massiveness most of them are a massive miss bro but like it's crazy that you know the cops okay we should tell i'm gonna tell this story but i'm not gonna name any of the people involved involved but like due to some incident at a party we threw last year the police arrived at our house and <laughs> We were told that there was a zero there was a zero tolerance policy for Marist students because of all the parties that had happened in Fox Run the semester before. And I'm like, bro, like I don't even live there. What does that got to do with me? And that's the whole thing. Like people are here throwing like a ton of lame parties and other people are being punished for it. But that's the thing. What? Like everybody losing is another part of American culture that I don't fuck with. Yeah. We don't all win, but we all do. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I feel like in general, society is like, it's just like us, bro. It's highs and lows. Like, depending, like, a lot of it's like a crapshoot. I was like, incredible. Like, I understand that I'm just like incredibly lucky to have been born to like a family who can like do stuff, like send you to college or like buy you stuff. Because like there's other people like when you like especially in college you get to meet a lot of people and you like learn about their lives and you really learn how different everybody is and like how different their lives they're living. Like I don't know I don't know maybe, maybe Maris is kind of like a bad example because a lot of people here are just like copy paste but like still I feel like you know when you when you start to talk to other people I feel like that's kind of when you get a better understanding of society in general. But yeah, absolutely. those are just my thoughts. And, you know, I think we've spent a good amount of time with you guys. And I'd like to once again, thank you for joining us, Caesar. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Special guest, um, Caesar. Everyone, if you can clap, even though we can't hear it, we'd appreciate it. And for it. we would just like to remind you that if you're feeling high or if you're feeling low, you've always got a place to go. Thank you for joining us.